Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PapeStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Elaine here with us today. How are you, Elaine? Very well. Thank you, Harrison. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Saco, Maine. Awesome. Saco, Maine. 19 degrees this morning. Oh, <laughs> sounds cold. Sounds cold. <laughs> it, it is. So we're going to be talking about a bit of a sensitive topic today that I would consider sensitive anyway. Compassionate layoff. This is something that a lot of companies unfortunately had to go through over the last 12 months, especially just given the pandemic and the lockdown and all this stuff. But before we get to that topic and all the questions, tell us who you are and what you do. So I'm Elaine Bareilles. I'm managing partner of Keystone Partners. We're headquartered in Boston with offices in Chicago and Raleigh and Dallas. And we provide outplacement or career transition for organizations, career management support, and executive coaching and leadership development services for organizations who value their people. Awesome. Awesome. So layoffs are never easy. And I think this is probably the worst part of many managers and HR teams' jobs. What are some of the best practices when handling layoffs? How should the conversation be handled? Who should do it? And how can leaders really think about and show empathy with this process? Layoffs are really challenging for every organization, and they should be. These are decisions of the last resort. And if organizations need to cut costs, there are many other costs that they should take a look at first. Vacant positions should be eliminated. Um, there are lots of organizations who do a great job taking a look at what else they can do first. One of the most important things that managers and leaders need to recognize is this is one of the five major life traumas to lose a job. And just because layoffs are happening every day that you read in the paper, the individual is only concerned about the, the layoffs impact on them. And this is not the only thing happening in someone's life. People have sick children, sick spouses or partners or parents or financial difficulties. So a layoff compounds all of the other challenges in someone's life. And organizations really need to recognize that. So there are lots of best practices in in handling layoffs. And I would say some of them include ensuring that the message allows for the individual to maintain their integrity and their composure, um, that it's private mm-hmm. and the meeting is private, and probably most importantly, that they're given transition support in the ways of financial transition support, health benefit transition support, and job search transition support outplacement and career transition to help them get a new job. So it's it's a shock to individuals who are impacted most of the time, right. and they often don't know what their next step should be. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, you know, thinking about the impact, and I think most of us get the impact of layoffs, but unless you've actually been laid off, I think it's something that is hard to really feel and understand truly. Um, and, and absolutely, I can absolutely see why it's a, one of the, the biggest traumas people can go through. That's definitely true. It really questions an individual's value. And they're mm. most often their first question is, why me? 
So if you come out of a layoff of 100 people and it's an entire business unit, it's a little easier to understand. But if you're one person out of a group and there are others, you can right. you can almost understand it. But if you're one person, it makes you question your value to the organization, your capability, your ability to succeed in the future. And so a huge part of what outplacement or career transition does is really help an individual evaluate their capabilities and take a look at where they're most successful where they'll feel most valued, and how to find new opportunities in those locations. Right. Having these conversations, like you said, is a challenge. So what can a manager or a talent leader or an HR team do to prepare for these conversations? The first thing they need to do is not try to blame the individual who they're separating. Even if it's a four-cause termination, as opposed to a reduction in force separation. Part of what happens is managers don't want to be in this position, so they get angry or they feel sorry for the person. What you need to recognize is this is a difficult business decision. And so in that business decision, what's the best way to treat your people? Mm -hmm. Part of what a manager wants to do is script out what that message is. And recognize that this isn't a conversation about them, the manager. This is a conversation about the individual. And so the message needs to be, we've come to some difficult decisions. We've had to reduce positions within the organization. Your position has been eliminated. And so it affects you as of today, next week, next month, whatever that date is. These were difficult decisions to make. And as a result, the organization wants to support your transition. So we're prepared to offer you this many months severance, this many months benefit continuation, and job search support to help you find a new position. What that does is it shows the individual, we want you to succeed in the future. It wasn't right here for whatever reason, our business, your skill set, it doesn't matter. It wasn't right here. Let's help you land someplace else where you will be successful in the future. Employees have huge fears. Financially, what am I going to do? I just applied for a mortgage. I just bought a car. My child is going to college. So those you try to take care of through the severance. We don't know, again, what someone's health issues are. So those you deal with through the benefits continuation. And then how will I ever get another job in a pandemic, in a down economy, in whatever the situation might be? And so, again, that reassurance that we're going to help you find a new job is also provided. And one thing that you mentioned earlier was that, you know, sometimes from time to time, this layoff can be a surprise. They're not expecting this to happen. Are there ways to provide early warning signs from a manager's perspective? Because I think, you know, from an employee, right? If I was an individual employee working in a company and I thought I was doing a great job and then all of a sudden on Monday, you and I catch up, you're my manager, you're like, hey, Harrison, I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. Personally, maybe I'm wrong, but having that you know, come as a surprise maybe you know, may make it even more difficult for me to accept. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice on that for managers? Well, I think there's two different situations. The first is a reduction in force where a large number of people are being impacted. Staying aware of what's happening at your organization and the fiscal challenges and what else is happening is is something every employee should do. 
In the sense of a reduction in force, no, heads up really are not appropriate. Right. Because you don't know what's going to happen. The manager doesn't know what's going to happen right up until the time it happens. If this is a situation where an employee is separated for cause, for performance, through right. through some situation where it's not the right match, it should not come as a surprise. The manager should have been providing feedback all along right. on how is the employee doing? Is their performance up to par? Is it not up to par? Is there something that employee can do to develop the skill set that meets the manager's expectations? And I think that's where it becomes really important for managers to take feedback seriously and to let an individual know this is not the the level of work that I'm expecting. This is Mm -hmm. not the level of performance that I'm expecting. Here is the level I'm expecting. Here's where I need to see your skills developed. We'll help you develop those skills. But ultimately, here's what we need in terms of your contributions. If that's a conversation that has happened multiple times over some period of time, then the employee should not be surprised. And the manager knows that they've done their job. At that point, that's also the point where the manager needs to say, here's the kind of opportunity, the kind of position that I think you might be more successful in. The employee might take that advice. They might not. But... That's when the manager needs to say, I did the best I could in letting them know they were not meeting expectations and giving them every opportunity to develop their skill set. Got it. Yep, that absolutely makes sense. So switching gears a little bit, when you think about the remote or distributed workforce uh, that a lot of companies are in today, how has the approach to layoffs uh, changed? What are some of the best practices in remote layoffs, which I'm sure is even more difficult? It is. Typically, a layoff would have happened face-to-face in an office, even having executives fly to different locations, different cities to meet with their employees. Most layoffs now are happening through video conference, where a manager is able to deliver the message as personally as it could be. And your goal is to have the manager who worked with the individual be the person to deliver that message, to be able to say, Harrison, these are difficult circumstances. We all know that. The business has had to make some difficult decisions because of business, because of the pandemic, because of a number of specific reasons, and your position has been impacted. So what that means is your position has been eliminated as of today, and and you go through the additional conversation. Uh, But this isn't something that you want to happen over an email. It's not something that you want to have happen by not letting a a person log in. There should be that direct communication with a reason for why the organization is making these difficult decisions. Employees are also really concerned about references. So will you be Mm -hmm. able to provide me with a reference? And some organizations have policies where they don't. Or a manager can say, I will give you a reference, but I can't act as a representative of the company. And so those messages become important as well. The goal is that a manager doesn't want to prevent an employee from finding a job. They want to support them in that job search as they move forward. Got it. And one quick question there. Do you recommend that the manager has the conversation or... Do you think it depends on the situation? What is your advice on who should be having this conversation with the person who's being laid off? Most often it should be the manager. It might be the manager's manager. 
Got it. Most often, it should be the person that they reported to. They know them the best. They know what to anticipate in terms of a reaction because you do want to be prepared for any kind of a reaction, whether you should be concerned about anger or health or verbalizing, you know, what all the personal issues are. But most often it should be the manager. There's typically an HR person who is available to talk about the benefits continuation, the severance, the other HR policies that go part of that. But I would say the employees most often would want to hear directly from their manager. Got it. So following the topic of this conversation, offboarding and exit interviews. I think those two things are often things that people think about. Can you speak briefly about that, the importance of those things and and, and how they can be handled best in a remote environment? I think it can be really challenging for an employee to have an exit interview and an offboarding. And it's really important for them to maintain as professional a demeanor as they can, even if they're angry or hurt. So you don't want to burn bridges Uh, Companies often do rehires, and if you've got a good relationship, you want to be the employee that they come back to should they need someone. The offboarding often involves providing your manager or colleagues with a status. You know, where are you in these different projects? What else needs to be done next? And providing that information. I think the same with the exit interview, maintaining a professional demeanor while providing candid information to the HR person uh, is something that can be really important and a learning opportunity for the company as well. It's not the time to bash your manager, bash the entire organization where people really recognize there's not a lot to be gained. So maintaining that professional demeanor becomes important no matter what. Perfect. Yep, that absolutely makes sense. And I think um, similar advice goes towards the uh, the manager as well, right? I think that absolutely Ab- makes sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, th- th- managers don't need to crush an employee. There's nothing in it for them. If someone didn't meet your expectations, I think the strongest managers are the ones who say, this shouldn't have happened. What was my part in this? Was this not a good hire? Was I not clear mm, with my expectations? Right. Did I not offer enough training opportunities? There's usually mutuality in these kinds of situations, and really good managers look at themselves as well as the employee. Perfect. So flipping the script here, how can the leaders support the remaining employees after a layoff? That's also got some impact on the remaining workforce, whether it's a RIF or whether it's you know individual performance-based layoff. Regardless, you know people within those teams are going to be affected, not just from a job perspective, but I'm sure emotionally as well. And what are some strategies that you can think of? There's a huge impact on colleagues when they lose a group of colleagues or a colleague. Often they have to take on additional responsibilities. And there also develop a lot of questions about the organization. Will there be more layoffs? Will I lose other colleagues? Will I be impacted? And so one of the things that we really offer that's valuable to organizations who have gone through this is resilience training. Part of what we're trying to do is build resilience in retained employees to say, how do you go through a change like this? How do you come out? still feeling positive about the organization, developing a skill set in yourself that makes you very self-sufficient, 
still able to develop relationships and do work with colleagues, but what is it that you can expect of the organization? And how can you support managers? How can leaders support managers in developing that resilience and passing it on to their employees? So that becomes really important to do. The other part we strongly recommend is a high level of visibility. Leaders need to be visible. Managers need to be visible. They need to have a lot of communication with their employees and re-recruit them. Let them know they're highly valued, that you need them there. And if they need anything, that you're available. Those activities really become important after any kind of a reduction. Got it. And from the leader's perspective, this is a conversation that I've, I've heard multiple times in the past, which is, you know, should leaders do a layoff like deep right one time or should they do it in kind of phases any thoughts on that the deeper cut is most people's preference and a huge part of that is unless you're changing your entire business model employees suffer when there's a monthly reduction that it can be really challenging when all of the time you're anticipating the next reduction and that you might be part of that no organization can promise then there, that there won't be more reductions, but if you can make a deeper cut, and often leaders don't want to. They think things will turn around. They really don't want to lose those people, but having an organization of fear of layoff is not a good place for people to be. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people start looking for jobs um, during those right. periods. And you don't want to lose your best, your best talent, who are most often the people who will leave most quickly. Right, right. Awesome. Those are all the you know more serious questions that I had. Any other tips or advice? I think being prepared to support your employees. You may not have a policy in advance of what you would do in terms of a layoff, but being knowledgeable, understanding what the norm is in industries to support transitioning employees becomes important. And it could be at the C-suite It could be down to the hourly worker. How you treat your employees on the way out should be representative of the culture that you want within your organization. And I think that's the same for how you treat your talent at any level, how you treat your talent coming in the door. It it should all be the same. Um, And so helping employees understand what the expectations are on the job and departing from the job become really important. Perfect. So I have one final fun question for you, more fun question for you. Uh, In the spirit of, you know, small businesses and and local businesses and supporting them, any one business that you would want to give a shout out to? So the uh, small business that I would support is A Girl With No Job, The Morning Toast, a podcast. Awesome. We'll have to check it out and give them a shout out. Thank you so much for your time, Elaine. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? They can find us on keystonepartners.com. We write for the Boston Globe, and I'm on LinkedIn, Elaine Varelis. Perfect. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working with People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thanks, Harrison. It was a pleasure.